Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog podcast. I am your host, Luke Badman. I'm joined yet again over Zoom on another Thursday evening by my co-host, the one and only Panos Anagnostou. What on, brother? <laughs> How are you? What an intro. <laughs> I need like fireworks in the background. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd do it up a bit for you. I love it, man. I love it. How you been? Good, man. Good. Um, we're doing, we usually do these twice a month, but we're doing two in a row because I am, when you hear this, anyway, when you, by the time this comes out, I will be in Thailand. So, honeymoon, eh? Yep. Honeymoon. What an exciting time. Mm-hmm. Far out. I, I had to blow the cobwebs off the, off the passport. Remember Actually, when we used to be able to go overseas with, without having to like ask the government? Exactly. Yeah. You can do that again now. So good stuff. I'm really happy yeah. for you guys. It's going to be awesome. Thanks, man. And yeah, we're doing this at like eight o'clock at night. So, West, um, if our energy isn't the most upbeat, you know, we both had massive days today. Yeah. We had to get this out, obviously, because we do our best. Be away. So, um, but I got a really cool topic for, for today. And it was something that just came to mind after a session last week with the client that she was overwhelming, overwhelmed and feeling very anxious about, I guess, the whole thing. It's like, oh, my God, this is all too much. And, you know, I've got someone here. What's and, the backstory you know. of her dog? Oh, let's try to remember clearly. Um, like, was it a behavior? It was just, or was like, it- oh, yes. Yeah. So a, a dog that is reactive on the lead, no aggression issue, but um, and the dog not really like overexcited, if I can remember, but just very insecure, doesn't know what to do around other dogs. And mm-hmm. when, and I'm, I'm just even trying to think of the breed. I just remember the, the moment where, when I was pulling my dog out, she was she was getting really overwhelmed. And I was just thinking. She was or the dog was? Oh, the dog was definitely. Like the dog didn't know that I was getting the dog out. I was like, oh, I'm going to yeah. go get the dog out. And then she got really overwhelmed. So oh. believing in ourselves is really important if we want to make changes in our dog's life. If we want to improve our dog's focus on us and for us to be able to guide them and have those leadership skills to be able to communicate. I do and I don't like certain behaviors. I'm going to set you up for success. When I see a dog, I have a plan in place. Having that confidence is really important. And that belief in yourself is more about, and the confidence is like a side note, that it's believing in yourself in terms of a plan that you have in place or your management's up to snow. Oh, you don't think, oh my God, is my lead going to break? Like things like that. Make sure everything's squared away and working on yourself and believing in yourself more so that your dog can and want to listen to you. And I think that's that's where we're going to try to unpack today. All right. Awesome. Now, first, I go. think um, what you just said there is so, so important because it's like, um, you know, if she can't feel confident to, and to show that confidence to the dog, how, what chance does the dog have of looking to her as the leader, as the person on the end of the leash, as the handler and being like, are we cool in this situation? Like if she's giving off those signals, yep. it's it's the wrong foot to start off on, right? Exactly. But for heaps of reasons. But an analogy would be I'm at the playground. 
a random guy comes in, starts adding, acting erratic and pushing kids over. Again, random example. And I start freaking out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, and, I, and I start to have a panic attack. How is my three-year-old child supposed to be like, hey, it's all good, this situation sorted? It could be a very messed up situation. It could be something that is an actual problem or it could be that your child's perceiving something as a problem and you need to be confident. Hey, it's all good. We're going to go over here. Even though you're panicking, you're feeling overwhelmed, you're fearful, you need to have that sense of this is what we're going to do. We're going to have a plan in place in that moment. Hey, we're going to walk over here. You grab, have that confidence about you rather than, oh my God, everything's going crazy. Mm. And then your kid's like, <laughs> so then in terms of- The worst of, thing you can do is panic, right? Even and, if and you are feeling that way. Exactly. And we're talking about it while we're sitting in our comfortable houses, talking you know, over the internet. So like- Right now, we can yeah. say don't panic. With my uh, heat, um, climate controlled, got got the heater on, <laughs> you know, hot running water. Uh, yeah, but. Yeah. Okay, so an, an example is last week I got bitten on the arm. And again, my fault for, for um because I dropped my guard for two seconds. So I know that the dog is reactive on the lead and redirected aggression. So has bitten his handler um, many times before when, they, when the, her dog sees a dog. And sometimes in the past, because there's been excessive pressure being put on, and that's a whole another story. And out of redirected aggression, I think we've talked about that, is that when the dog feels that pressure or is interrupted and immediately comes bites, up the leash, yeah. Comes up the leash, just bites this closest thing. And usually that's our hand or our leg. So anyway, so I and it was the first time I was and we've done plenty of sessions together. And in this moment, we've been interacting quite well. And in the moment where I had Chili was behind me and I was like, move him around. And the dog presented itself around the corner sort of thing. And the second I kind of turned my head, I looked back and he's just, uh, and the pressure's gone on. He's come up and it was just a quick little nip and he's a big dog. So I was quick enough to like, oh, and like stop him. But the confidence right away, because the first time he's done that to me is that I corrected him immediately got him into um into a sit and he was like okay i tried that and it didn't work <laughs> and we continued to sit and it was almost like it was almost like it didn't happen now i've had practice with that in terms of acting calmish under pressure like yeah. physical pressure even if and, it's internally you're thinking fuck well like it's like oh that hurts and this like hey stop it what are you doing let's continue on with the session mm. to show that because in that moment it wasn't and again i could acknowledge that the dog had done the wrong thing. I could acknowledge that I, I knew that he would have done that. So when I say it's my fault, any single time when I'm in a dog training session and I've got him bitten, it's usually because unless a dog's off the lead and just runs out of nowhere and bites me, it's usually because I've put myself in that position where I know it could happen. That was the risk. And anyway, well, as soon as it happened, the confidence and the belief in myself is like, hey, knock it off. And I know the type of dog that I can correct for that behavior. Now, whether... He will do it to me again. I don't know. Hasn't done it since. So, um, but it's, I guess, in that moment, the dog bite, like comes up the leash, bites your hand, and we've gone, oh, my God, we're freaking out. Then your dog then looks back because he's redirected, bit on you, look back at the other dog, start to react. We're panicking about our dog, but I can't believe he did it. To me, I'm freaking out. There's another dog there. What's going to happen? We stiffen up through the leash. We fall over. The dog gets success. It's just it becomes it becomes a, um, a lot more of a messier situation than if we can practice. And how can we practice having that confidence within ourselves? Well, when I say belief in ourselves, it's about 
to make changes, you must be able to adapt. And when, if you are getting any help, professional help, and we're guiding you through it, it's about not just looking at the dog training side of it, but how can I utilize skills? So we're walking down the street, the dog presents itself, he barks, I know my dog's going to react. Maybe the first thing we should do is get into a habit of taking a deep breath. Just like take a moment, just takes half a second. Center take a yourself. Just Center yourself. Mm. Exactly. Ground yourself. And because in that moment, you may catch yourself doing what you would normally do. Walk down the street, you see a dog, the dog barks, and we go, there's a dog. And boom, we apply heaps of pressure on the leash. The dog feels our pressure. And he, even if you hadn't seen the dog, he's like, where's the dog? Because normally when you pull in that fashion, there's a dog down close by. And then we start the... um. We start the whole process of barking and lunging and the reactivity and then everything goes to shit. So, um, so being able to adapt is about, well, instead of tensing up on the leash and becoming prey when we see another dog, maybe a good thing can be, let's turn around. Maybe it's better than doing nothing. Create distance. Or, yeah, you know, create that distance or even just get that your dog back onto you. Or another thing I would suggest is we walk down the street, your dog sees a dog, we apply pressure by walk backwards, say the dog's name, our dog focuses on us, and then we can reward. It can be another um like that practice in that name game, and I've said this plenty of times, is that one of the skills to it is that when I walk down the street and I'm not sure what to do and I start to freak out, not me, just eyes in the handler, I could walk backwards. Walk backwards, your dog feels the pressure, and through lots and lots of practice of leash pressure, walking back, saying your dog's name, focusing back on you, you can, whether you reward the dog or not, you've got your dog's focus, turn around and continue walking. Make a circle, get him into a sit. You have more chance of getting that focus on you and working on that counter conditioning or skedaddling and getting and crossing the road and getting out of there if you need to. Make that space first, then have the freak out. Freak out later. Oh my God, that was so close. That dog was off the lead, ran down the driveway, and my dog almost bit, bit that dog. So what did I do? I hand close to my hip, secure my dog, and I turned around and walked away. Make that space, breathe through it, and have a clear entry. It's like what they teach in the advanced driving course. You're driving at high speeds, and if a car in front of you stops or an obstacle is in front of you, don't look at the obstacle trying to get around it. Look at the gap and move towards that. You always got to look where you want the vehicle to move, and that will be the same thing. We walk down the street. That belief in ourself is I, I, I need to do something rather than freeze and stop and panic. Yeah, the, and going, oh. the worst thing you can do is to freeze and to do nothing, right, because it doesn't put you and the dog in the best position to, like, yeah, it just doesn't put you in the best possible position. No. What I was going to say, right? Like, it's like it's create either create that distance or turn around or get the dog back and reward the engagement back onto you, yeah. right? But if possible, we know path, that if the dog's that reactive, you may not want the food, a direction, right? Yes. Don't don't just do nothing. Exactly, and then also it would be the same as um, even in like a we talk about application of like self defense. How many p and it's the same mindset. Someone's faced with confrontation, you just freeze. Well, if I do nothing, maybe I'm not a threat and maybe maybe you'll go away. And then someone starts, you know, throwing hits at you to stand. And we see you see plenty of times on video, people just stiffen up. They don't do anything and they just cop all the punches. The best thing you can try to do is practice moving away, stepping to the side, walking away, turning around, put your hands up and run, walk, so do something. That would be the first sort of instinctive thing that you want to practice in terms of, you know, defending yourself. Well, you're basically doing the same thing when you're walking down the street and your dog sees another dog or sees a rabbit and wants to chase it. And it's like, oh my God, last time he ran onto the road. And then we th start thinking about all the, the things that happened in the past in the moment of when you should be thinking, my dog's probably going to run the road. I need to do something. And hence the practice of training so that in these moments, 
the the reason for training is that you develop the that skill set so that in the moment you need it, it just happens. It becomes a muscle memory for yourself. So don't just try we, to mimic. What do you say? We we practice dog training when we don't need it, so that we have it when we do need it. Right. Hundred percent. It's so and and again, it's trying to think about not just mimicking what I taught you to do, but understanding why why and how you should move. And I think movement is probably one of the biggest things here because if you're not sure, just make some space. Walk yourself. If if you're it's in a, a good confrontation, fallback option, right? It's exactly it's, 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 it's a good fallback option. Like when in doubt, just create a little bit of space, yeah. and 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 creating that space will therefore also give you more space and more room to then make a further decision. Totally. So if, if your first reaction is, I don't really know what I should do in this situation, I don't think you can generally go wrong creating a bit of space and a bit of breathing room to then consider your next move. And I th- Exactly. And to add to that, and I guess it was the next point here, is that find, like, leadership is a mindset acquiring the skills and finding your way of expressing it. So find how you can be a, a, the leader and the leader, not in the dominant sense, leader in terms of you guiding your dog through that space. Because we've, the end we've of the done day, an episode on this as well, different styles of leadership. Yes. That was a good one too. Mm. And if, I, if we do say so ourselves. <laughs> I, I heard down the grapevine, <laughs> but, um, but in, in, in regards of being the leader, we want our dog to become like, we have to think, what are we trying to achieve? A dog's feeling insecure, or he's feeling really overexcited, and is a you know is a young lab cross mastiff, very strong ten month old dog, and he's bounding towards like, and we freeze up because you know that social anxiety of thinking about what are people thinking about me right now, rather than how can I get my dog under control? Is like how bad does this look? Oh my god, everyone thinks I'm an idiot, and then everything just crumbles from there. And we have to kind of think of when all the dominoes start like the domino effect of freaking out about one thing, thinking about the next thing, and then getting so, so filled with that anxiety that we expect our dog to be calm. It makes no sense. So if we have a plan in place and being and, and acquiring those leadership skills in all areas, our dog would look to us to say, Hey, I want you to do this. And as a result, our dog becomes calm and confident because he knows that he has to follow the structure of the walk, the the rituals that we follow. And of course, understanding that commands are commands and you must do them. And I want you to feel good about doing them. And if that means being in the presence of other stimuli that that triggers you. So it's kind of like, I call it, I don't know if this is even a thing and haven't thought about it too deep, like deeply enough to name it. But the warrior mindset is like, if we lived in a the village and when the the enemies were coming at the gates. The women and children run run away, and the warriors run towards mm. the gates. So we walk down the street, and and you know my clients comment. They're like, "Oh my god, there's a dog coming. We should like skedaddle and like walk away." And I'm like, "Oh, there's a dog coming. We should prepare for the training. There's a dog coming, and we're at a good distance. I'm going to peel off to the side. I'm going to practice the name game, practice the look. I'm going to you know, depending on what we're working on, maybe ask for some obedience. So." It's like there's an opportunity coming. Let's let's practice it. Using we're always using that environment to um, to train the dog, and that's so cool because the environment, if you're paying attention, will present you with so many cool little opportunities to use what might sometimes be 
perceived as uh, like you just said oh no like the the lady or whatever is like oh no the dog's coming it's like all right this is a good opportunity to practice what you've been yep. um learning or to you know to to learn something new as well right well, if, if if we're going to like apply you know if we're going to be modifying behavior the goal is we want our dog to be calm focused on us so that they don't have to react to anything around them they can pay attention to them and see that it's there but not to react ultimately so, the person at the end of the leash is is num- is numero uno like we're building that engagement back towards the ha- towards the handler that's the overall picture right exactly now if you are struggling and not believing in yourself then don't put yourself in a position where you have to feel like that so if you know that walking at your favorite spot on sunday is one of the favorite things you do and you take your dog there but he always reacts and lunges and carries on and that's a lose for you you know you come back from that feeling that it was a failure mm. then don't go there again go somewhere a little bit less um set yourselves uh, up for success yeah go somewhere where there's a little bit less things going on and practice the things and come back feeling like you've had a win so you can work on your reward system and feel like all right cool I think we're ready to step it up because Panos said in five weeks we're walking, we're walking um, along San Susi and um, where there's lots of things happening. So I do want to work towards that, but baby steps, you know. And I think everyone, um, like for the classic example is, I want my dog to come back to me, and I take my dog's lead off when I'm at the park, and he always runs away from me. And I was like, well, why do you always do it? it? Makes no sense. So if we want to be a leader. Leaders aren't about lording it over our dogs. Leaders is about setting up our subordinates in a way that they are finding success for themselves so that they are adding to the team. And that's like a very, that's very much pack mentality in terms of like, if we talk about like, you know, wolves or, you know, um, wild dogs is that they have to all work together. Same with people. We have to work together and a good team. Like I'm kind of basically work on my own. I have a few people that are involved, but the being in a wolf. team- <laughs> but with you, you work in a, like as with the other job, there's a whole team. It's like everyone working together and the best yep. and your boss would, and would be, and, I, and from what I've seen is a leader to inspire and to motivate others so that we're all working together as one entity. Mm. We're all working towards our common goal. Everyone needs to feel like they're winning. It's not about I'm the leader and you react to dogs and you have to stop. It's like, no, I want to be able to encourage you to feel like, hey, it's all good. There's a dog there and I got your back anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm firm and I'm fair and we work on everything that we need to do. And to to for our dog to believe it, we have to believe it. And I think that's really important um, in terms of what we're talking about. 100%. So I guess um, well, the next one is like confidence is a necessary part of guiding your dog. So that's kind of self-explanatory now. And do people, do people to- realize how long your working list of episodes is? I, I don't think a lot of people understand you have this like um, ongoing list of notes in your phone. It's just like future podcast topics or content topics. It's right? legit. I, I'm, like walking down the, yeah, I'm walking down the street and I'm like, and I'll be with the client. I'll say something like, oh, that's great. Give me one sec. Let me write that down. Yeah. Well, usually it happens when I'm on my own and I'm yeah. like, oh yeah. And then like four, four. Yeah topics will come deeper in thought yeah yeah so it's been cool so like and again trying to you know as we get on with more episodes we're thinking like we always have to have things to talk about and i'm sure (laughs) there's always something to talk about and of course we overlap and say the same things people have been saying every like every couple of days i'm getting a message um or people um like my clients and that saying how much they they love our work so you know it feels good doing it and it's good i'm glad i'm glad they enjoy it 
Because we don't just do it. (laughs) There's plenty of other things you and I could be doing on a Thursday evening. So I hope you guys get something out of this. And I enjoy doing it, but I hope more so I hope it's for the people, you know. Totally. Hey, look, so talking about self-care, time to restart, recharge and be your best self. If we're going to talk about even doing this, we have to look after ourselves. So we have energy to be enthusiastic on 8 o'clock at night and talk about things that are not just super mundane, but they're a little bit deeper. It's that there has to be like a, you have to be your best self. You have to, first of all, love what you're doing. So you have to find the love in practicing and working with your dog. So I think that's really important. Otherwise, if you hate doing it, then you have to reconsider everything you're doing and try to either find the gratitude and why you have to do it or, you know, make new plans. But try not, and I can obviously, you're going to have bad days and stuff. But, um, but if you can find time for yourself, I think that's really important. And um, being the leader, being the parent, being the person who's in control, you have to make sure that you have enough time to go, well, see, I, I thought we were going to walk down the street, take a left into the park, go through there and come back. But then something happened along the way and you have to adapt and change. And if you're so set in a routine, if you're so tired and drained and you're like, I just autopilot, just do the thing, you're not going to be the best leader for your dog when you're out walking. You just simply won't because you're, you're going, I just want to do this and get it over and done with. And I can catch myself out doing that as well. But on along the way, we, you know, we see the randomest things happen, you know, and, um, and of course, if you're going to have your time to have your dog off the lead in certain areas, you have to be switched on. You've got to make sure that all three dogs are in the right place. And it's nighttime. And this make nice sure there's no rangers. <laughs> it's all happening. Well, not, you know, 11 o'clock at night, try to find me. Um, but, um, I told you the ranger came after me the other day, didn't I? You've been a naughty boy. In Kyle Bay. It was like. We're full outing ourselves. You know, it's like evidence for us. Whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> Every <laughs> Anyone, show me a person who says they don't let, let their dog off leash and I'll show you a liar. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was very um, matter of fact. He was actually really friendly and he's just like, look, man, like we've had some complaints about off leash dogs. And I was thinking like, well. I, I doubt very much that they were complaining about my dog, but I get your point. I didn't say that to him. And I was like, <laughs> I was being a smart ass. I was like, he's on a leash. <laughs> Shadow's <laughs> slip lead was banging around in the breeze while he's running around because I was, had to chuck it, right? Yeah. And I was like, no, I get it. I get it. It's, you know, he's like, yeah, he's got to be under effective control, this and that. And I was like, all right, man, fair enough. And he yeah. just, he's kind of like, oh, look, I'm just going to, I'm just going to just tell you this, that it's, you know, that there are rangers around and this and that. And I was like, all right, that's that's fair. He wasn't rude. He wasn't. You totally. know, he didn't come out and just be like, "Here's a five hundred dollar fine." No, well, look, we're all on the same team. We everyone wants every, everyone to be in peace and harmony. And you know, if you have your dog under that effective control, he's not running up to every single person. Or well, that's the thing, thing right? Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no um, enforced standard of effective control other than just having the dog on the leash, right? And I get that because how would they even? enforce something like that and measure it and all that kind of stuff but like Very tough, yeah. a dog like shadow who has a pretty decent recall you know i can recall him off pretty much anything now and that's taken a lot of work to get to that point even mm-hmm. three months ago maybe yeah. two months ago there was still certain scenarios where he wouldn't recall and mm-hmm. now it's pretty rare it's like probably one in you know one in 20 when mm-hmm. i recall him or something and he and he doesn't come you know what i mean and it's it's pretty rare now. So it's like it's getting better over time, right? But that's not every dog. Not every person has the time or willingness to put mm-hmm. that much training like you or I might do into their yep. recall, right? So totally. it's like, okay, we'll just have everyone on a leash. 
So. Exactly. Yep. And look, as as we're talking about this, you know, things have gotten even more intense and, you know, talking about um, tool bands and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, um, actually, I want to mention something real quickly, but by the time this comes out, it's going to be late anyway. But I listened to an um, episode of the Canine Paradigm episode. The recent um, one? Yeah. Triple yeah. two, I think, the the, yeah. the the one about the tool band and the lady in Queensland. Yeah, I, I think everyone name, I'm sorry. Definitely listen to that episode. Um, stop right now, listen to that and come back. No. So, um, but it was really necessary for everyone to be aware of that. And if you listen to this, then you'll be definitely interested in what um, Glenn and Pat were talking about with, um, yeah, I forgot her name too. I'm so sorry. Yeah. But, lovely um, lady. I do actually follow her on Instagram. I just, I'm so sorry. I forgot her name off the top of my head. Um, but basically, um, Christy just Reed. There you go. Leading canine. Is that her? I think so. I'm pretty sure. Um, The episode is called Setting a Dangerous Precedent. Yeah. So for anyone, uh, I feel like anyone who's listening to this has probably heard of this by now. Um, The Queensland government has basically, with zero due process, has just overnight um, legislated to, well, have they put it through yet? They're basically basically banned prong collars without like no. No, no they've been trying to push for, I think, again, I don't want to butcher any of the the, the actual happenings, but or the legislation of it. But, but essentially they kind of slipped it through the back door um, of another, of like an animal welfare kind of legislation. But mm-hmm. that legislation originally when it was, this is my understanding, was when it was first put out to, you know, public discourse, it was never talking about prong collars. It was talking about like, I think, you know, maybe crates being of a certain size or something like that. And or, like um, banning dog fights and, yeah. and, and not, not being able to, you know, you have to walk, um, have your dog adequately exercise yeah. within 24 hours. And, and kind of at the 11th hour, they just kind of were like, oh, and also prong collars. And look, and it was, and it could be very much like a campaign for, you know, publicity and things like that in terms of upcoming elections and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, and I think they may have, you know, and I think, um, the guys explained it very well. And again, I don't want to put out the wrong information, but um, this isn't just about banning the prong collar. They're talk- we're, we're talking about at this stage, why didn't we have the discussion or um, have the vote for people to be able to discuss it? So is that what you were saying? Yeah, about- like there was no oh. due process. There was no due consultation. Pro- exactly. Yeah, And, right. and, and the- Pat was saying at one point during that episode, like, one of the ladies who put this submission to have these banned prongs, like Pat said, he, he looked her up and, you know, she doesn't do behavioral modification. Like she's a mm-hmm. free trainer, does puppy classes. And it's like in her scope of her view, her world, there is no need for prongs. So, yeah, sure. she doesn't see the need for them, but that doesn't mean that there is. So the issue will be, yeah, we, we will ban the slip lead, the, the martingale, the flat collar. We're going to ban certain breeds. We're going to go down this route of, well, we can, we can, um, put massive restrictions in the dog training industry and maybe for the, for, you know, the, the wrong reasons. I know that it's a very emotional sort of industry where we talk about, yeah, nobody wants to be, um, you know, abusing animals and, you know, you know, not, not work, not, not giving them the welfare that they need, Mm. but that kind of goes contrary to everything that I do as on a, on a daily basis i'm trying to improve the dog's lives and means that we have to use certain corrective devices and tools and even using a crate you know can be perceived as torturing an animal and when education is something that is lacking and i guess 
depending on the form of education. There's so many people that think, yeah, I'm educated and I understand, but at what level and what experience do you have to be able to say that? So there is no, it's, I don't know, it's a very, very complicated discussion. On the and- topic of um, questionable decisions, questionable advice, um, I got a message from like an inquiry through uh, Instagram the other day and the lady was way out of my area. Like she lived in Liverpool. For those mm-hmm. of you who don't know where Liverpool is, it's it's too far. Like I'm not going to Liverpool, right? And um, I just um, just told her that and she ended up messaging another trainer that I know out in that area and that trainer, like she obviously told, that lady told this trainer that I had referred her and then that trainer messaged me afterwards being like, thank you, this or that. And she was telling me what this lady had said to her about a previous trainer that she'd worked with. Um, she's, this, this, this other trainer sent me this message. She said, these were the rules the other trainer gave this lady. Crate the dog all day and only take it out for toileting. So this is a puppy, right? Um, don't take him out of the house until he's six months of age. Once he's six months of age, build a dog run in the backyard. And at that point, he's no longer allowed in the house. No padding no using treats or food for training and absolutely no play at all. And I was yeah, like, no, you're talking wow. About too. wow. Yeah, I've, heard, I've, heard, I've heard that plenty of times. And this is that outrageous? This and that's not, that's not an exaggeration. To, that is not an exaggeration. She's exactly. just trying to do the best for her dog. And then that she comes across that kind of advice. And if you don't know any better, like, what do you, what do, you do at that point? You know, and this yeah, this other trainer told shit. me this lady was really upset, and by rights, you know, she should be. Because it's like, why would you tell someone to do that kind no. of thing? That's yeah. and look, and then we talk about oh, but I have fitted a specific collar on the dog. Now I'm apparently abusing the dog. You can abuse a dog with a yellow crayon, with anything you want, in any way, and with overfeeding them in so many different ways. So the point here is that look anyway. We've fully digressed, one hundred percent. So, and that's why I, I guess I was like ill prepared to be able to get into such depth and late at night thinking about such intensity. And I just listened to that episode. Check it out. We have to do something about. It. There's a petition to be signed, but it doesn't matter because by the time you listen to this, it's it's going to be over. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue I'm, is I'm because there was the, a lack of due process. You know, the way these bans work is like. The governments of the other states are like, well, that government's already done it and that government's already done it. So Mm -hmm. then that becomes, it sets a precedent, right? So that the New South Wales government will look at that, which is, again, for our American listeners, that's the state that Panos and I live in, will look at the legislation of the Queensland government or the Victorian government and just be like, oh, well, I guess we should do it as well. And before you know it, like every state in the country outlaws prongs, maybe slips the next, then Martingale's maybe even a flat collar, who knows? At the very least, probably mud, yeah, well, uh, gets, probably slip leads and and It will be problems. like I think the girl saying even being able to put your dog in a car, in a vehicle and like just outrageous things that can be so blanket and 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 open to interpretation and I guess that's where things they start worded getting. The, they worded the laws specifically in a very sort of vague way Yeah. so that if, you know, if they, if they do want to, come after you, they've got this conveniently broadly worded law that, that they can interpret in their own way to, to potentially take you to court. Yeah, look, um, it's completely out of my scope of being able to discuss any further because it mm. is just, it's upsetting, it's annoying, it's frustrating, it, it seems like it's out of our reach, but listen to the people that, that are discussing it 
get on board. And if there, when you listen to this, if there's anything that you can do, like sign that petition or submitting anything, I'm going to be doing that tonight as soon as I get off. Yeah, um, I've already signed it. I'll put the link to the petition put it up there anyway. And if anything, these show notes, if that's still valid at, at yeah, the point cool. when this comes out, you know, the horse is probably already bolted on this one, unfortunately. But the point is, like, if you, regardless of your feelings towards prong collars, once we start doing anything in the law without due process, you know, without con- consultation and without that kind of thing, like, and they just slip these laws through. I'm going to be doing that for the last like two years and shit. So yeah, it's yeah, a they, slippery slope, yeah. right? And if you care about your ability to own an animal or frankly to do almost anything without the undue interference of the government, like this kind of thing should probably make we you live in a democracy. Like, so we should definitely be voting on issues like that and talking about it and, and also bringing real science and real experience to the table and not just talking about emotional um agendas all the time because that's it's emotional um it's like it's emotional porn and it's also like political sort of agendas that are it's a political play, football and it's know? a it's such Crazy. an easy um easy target you know for for the queensland premier to put that post on her instagram with a photo of a prong collar with no context and just be like we're banning these you Crazy. know and of course and 100 prongs are hideously yeah, like they're hideous that. to look at you know, yeah. they're not a, they're not a, that's why it's so easy to totally. stir up emotion um, it's all about against that, them. that education. Right. And I yeah. think that's, that's where it comes. And then of course we're talking about the right education because you, because that lady went to the other dog trainer and look what the advice that they give and look, and I think people are smart enough. I've seen plenty of clients that, um, and I know exactly who it is. Alpha air. I'll ask if it was the, this guy, but, um, People say it, they're like, it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, all you got to do is just Google dog training. And I'm sure that's not the first thing that mm. comes up. So, hey, just listen to this episode, like um, our podcast, and you can find out that there's many other ways of managing and controlling your dog. Um, anyway, we should go back to the list because I guess we definitely went on a tangent there, um, but a very, very worthy one. A um, couple of things i got here is take the leap of faith and get some training for your dog so of course you're listening you're enthusiastic about training and maybe you've had bad advice from somewhere find someone that's good and take that leave of faith and go hey look i need some actual guidance and it may just need a, one or two sessions to kind of sharpen up a few things that you're already doing but if you are plateauing and lacking some of that belief within yourself and it is starting to flow down the lead and your dog's starting to you know um, digress because of all of um you know, these, this emotional state that you're in, getting somebody to help you is important. But on the other hand, maybe doing your own, being your own disciplinarian and go, hey, maybe I need to get back to training. Maybe I need a PT for a little bit. Um, maybe I need a little bit of counseling and I need to speak to somebody. Maybe I need to get back to meditation and yoga that I used to do and maybe, you know, the sporting activities and the, you know, finding the time for yourself and doing those things is so important because that kind of dovetails and um, to the next point, which is, Dogs reflect the parts of us that we hide. So use the opportunity when that comes up and because you can't lie to your dog and your dog don't lie to you. And no matter what you put out there to the world and what you see, the mask that you put on for, for the world to see, when, you're, when you have the, the different mask on when you're at home, you have a different persona, it's your real self. I think 
there's an opportunity to be to go, hey, look, I feel anxious when I'm out and I don't just get anxious when I see another dog. I get anxious when I go to the party or I get overly anxious when I know it's a time of the, the month when I have to pay all those bills. So like you're not just getting anxious about that or you don't lack be- your belief in yourself just because of dog training. If it's happening there, it's probably happening in other places and dogs teach us tremendous things. And maybe that's one thing that your dog's teaching you and that you can use that as an opportunity to project yourself into becoming a better version of yourself. Does that make sense? Agreed. Wholeheartedly. That was a good little spiel there. Yeah. That just came straight from the heart. (laughs) But I guess the last point that I have here as well is the the three Ps. So practice, patience, persistence, because you may be on the right track. You just may be self-doubting. And I would say just pick yourself back up and keep going. Because What do we say? Practice makes progress. There's no such thing as perfection in anything, especially dog training. Totally. You can always be 1% better than you were this morning or or even yesterday, right? That's hectic. You and your dog are only, you should only ever compare the training to the training that you were doing yesterday. Don't worry about the other dogs, the other other trainers, the other owners. Don't worry about any of that. Just practice, 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 and give yourself those small wins right and 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 yeah it's a game of it's a game of one percent improvement look you know you may be like okay so i saw a client today i couldn't get anywhere close to her dog in session one that was like five weeks ago and um like a little american staffy and um today was a session i remember in a message when i was confirming for the week she said Oh my God, don't judge us. Been two weeks away and dog hadn't been gone out and just been looked after at home and yada, yada. And I'm like, that's cool. So I'm expecting, like, oh God, it's going to be crazy. And um, I was able to handle her, hang out with her, training with her, walked her around Chile. There was no drama. So her lunging and almost bite, like, you know, almost biting me um, in, in one situation, she got really, um, really on hedge about me. She had been practicing. Maybe she didn't, she wasn't perfect and her dog miraculously became you know not you know, not fear aggression um, aggressive to people coming over overnight but she made enough progress so that we can go to the next steps and that she stayed persistent even though she got really really nervous when she had to take the dog out and it was a big sort of um <laughs> it was just too much for her right too much is going on but today i changed her the way that she believed what could be true? So she's like, oh my God, it's just going to be this and that. And you can see her her body language and the way that we're talking to each. And I also felt like, oh, it's going to be a while um, before I'd be able to handle it. But I was able to assess the situation and worked on a couple of methods and techniques, which were, which kind of worked within like 20 minutes. We were hanging out on the lead together. So, and it's not like, oh, I made her do it. She wanted to be around me and she didn't feel nervous about me. So her reactive reactivity was all just, I don't know what to do and no one's guiding me. When my client today saw that she was hanging out with me and we walked with Chili around the block with like, and it was at ease. It was like, oh, this is possible. I didn't actually know that was possible. And that was a moment you can see it's like, okay, it can happen again because I saw it happen. I that's now a, new, it's now a new possibility, a new reality for that person. Yeah, exactly. That's, I guess, that took me a whole however long we've been recording to get to the point of, you no, know, you got to, like, you know, um, Wim Hof, he says, feeling is understanding. 
It's when you feel it and embrace it, and and that's how you know something. And there's a little. Well, I'll find it. It was so cool. I got these like little affirmation cards like on the desk that I've had like forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the one that's up here today. It says, "Who is not satisfied with themselves will grow. Who is not sure of their own correctness will learn many things." Man, you may have to go back and listen to that a couple of times. Now, there's something here that I want to find. If it can take me an extra couple of seconds, I will. Ah, it was on point, and I remember I saw it the other day. But anyway, I could read all of them, and it would be all very cool epi- um, affirmations episode. But I guess, hmm. well, and I guess that's probably one of the things is that maybe you should have some like affirmation cards and just flip them over. There's like, you know, a hundred of them here. And you just flip them over every couple of days and you read a new one. And just, you know, that, that um, auto suggestion, something that I've been um, recently reading about, talking about when you believe something, like when you know it, it's in your bones, but you can think of something and go, yeah, I think I know that. No, but when you know something, I fully understand it is when you feel it. Now, let's talk about dog training. You walk down the street and you go, and you know, like that 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 moment where your dog goes in front and you're about to, like, you're about to apply some pressure and go, ah, and then your dog makes a decision to, like, kind of slacken up. You know that feeling because you've felt it, not because I can explain it. I can't explain it in words, but you know the feeling. I can train, like, I can handle the dog on the leash without looking and know when to put pressure on because I feel it. I don't have to see it. So I think that's something that is really important. Belief is something that you can kind of create before it even happens. It's already happened inside your head, inside your heart, so that you've already envisioned what it would look like. So maybe, maybe after you listen to this, visualize what you would like to see when you walk down the street and there's a dog barking behind a fence and your dog normally loses his mind. Or, you know, um, envision what it would look like to have your dog come back when he's chasing birds. I don't know. Like maybe it sounds ridiculous, but see what it looks like rather than imagining all the things that always go wrong. And I think that's a good place to leave it. Good note to end things on. I yeah. think we've, we're coming up on an hour here and I think we're starting to have some internet troubles. Your, your video is starting to jump around a bit. Well, so that might be a sign. It's time for us to go off and do something else. I hope you enjoyed the episode guys. It was something that, is true to my heart. I think it's really important. It's it's really, really important to, to my job is and I really focus on empowering the person as well as doing the dog training because without with you can't have one without the other, in my my opinion. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Because ultimately you're only going to be around for a few a few lessons, whatever that is, and then they have to live their life with their dog for the rest yeah. of those years. And if it's if they don't feel confident to do the training and, you know, manage the techniques and the equipment, all that stuff, what, what hope we'll do they have? Embrace the new lifestyle. Yeah. Mm. And imagine, imagine you're like, Hey, I've learned so much about myself while teaching my dog. That's yeah. my life. Yeah. And if you can have that realization, I think that's cool because then you're like, Oh, wow. There's many things that I'm, you're becoming, you become better and you become the thing that you are because of the things that you do. So you may as well do the things that you do good so that you have better things. Anything anything worth doing is worth doing well. Right? Yeah, I like that. That's good. That's what I meant. All That's right, what no I meant more to quotes say. From us. I know what we're on a roll. <laughs> good night, guys. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Please share with your friends if you're enjoying our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Life With Your Dog Podcast. My name's Panos, and to keep up with my dog training adventures, tips and techniques, you can find me on Instagram at NP underscore dog underscore training, my website, npdogtraining.com, or my YouTube channel, Nutris Pooches. Thanks for listening, guys. My name's Luke. If you'd like to find out more about my dog training services, you can find me at www.kizuna, that's K-I-Z-U-N-A, canine, C-A-N-I-N-E, .com.au. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at Kizuna Canine Training. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.